0: What's everyone, we're back, we're back, um, another episode of Boss Locks. Uh, this one's actually kinda, um, special in a way that, not like special, like this is my favorite child, but special in the sense that this is a part of the whole reactivation campaign of the podcast, but this is also a teaser for a new show I'm about to launch called Working While Black. It's, um, a special series to me. It's really an evolution of this podcast. I shouldn't say evolution, like this thing's a dinosaur. Um, it's not a spinoff either, like don't care about it either. But it's really just like a, a special show that kind of focuses in on the professionalism aspect of things, uh, career growth, exploring entrepreneurship, whether you're trying to build an empire, just do a little side hustle to get some additional income. Uh, a lot of great stories, a lot of cheat codes, how to use tools like LinkedIn or social media to build your brand up and all that stuff. But it's really focused on um, the pursuit of wealth through employment and entrepreneurship as well. Um, so I'm excited to launch it. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of activity around this. This podcast here is definitely staying here. It's here forever. This is kind of like a, almost look at it as like art or really just those conversations that are important about community growth um, and still providing resources as well. And one of those resources, actually, this is book um, called Black Buck. I was speaking with a uh, guest today about it and uh but she was just talking about her experience in the sales world i was like you got to read this book and she actually went and read it like within a week i was like what the what the hell she said i I finished i was like how what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) a long time to finish it not because it's not good because i take a long time to read so we're going to get into all that today Um going to talk to you about this other resources tool i've been using called magic mind they're sponsoring today's episode is this energy shot i'm excited about it and, yeah, let's get into it. Naya, how you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I am so excited to talk about this book. It was so funny when you told me about the book around um, because I was, like, expressing some of the things I was going through, and you're like, this is the perfect book. I think you're right. Um, that's why I like being listened <laughs> to the book. <laughs> it's really good.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, this this book is um, Black Buck, and we'll get more into it a little bit, but I have a few questions for now first, but let's about this um, ambitious 20-year-old. Well, actually, no, unambitious 20-year-old. Unambitious. Yeah. He hasn't had ambition. It was lost. Working at mm-hmm. Starbucks, not to talk to you about Starbucks worker, but he was working at Starbucks, uh, been there longer than a lot of his peers felt he should have, uh, probably because of that unambitious a black uh, man. And uh, one day he was serving up some coffee, and uh, something changed. He had a special customer that this interaction happened, and it just kind of changed everything. He just ended up uh, from Parista to leading this whole sales company, getting in trouble with the law a little bit. There's a lot of um, a lot of racial tension, and it, it's it's a really amazing book. It's a lot to the story. I was reading this Naya, and I was like, like I, I tried not to look up anything about the book or about the author. I did not know whether or not this was an autobiography or a story. Yeah. No, I, agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, amazing book. Um, I feel like this should be required reading for real because this, this changed my perspective on sales as well. Because um, most of my life I've been like anti-sales. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's so grimy. It's disgusting. All this stuff. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. But this changed my perspective on what it is. Actually, is and helped me to realize that I just been in toxic work environments. Um, so to start things off, Naya, I'm kind of curious. Um, because you're working in sales now, but you've had experience in this world. You've been selling, selling. So, can you tell us about your first experience in the role of sales? Oh, I mean, if you want
1: to get really corny with it, let's uh, get corny. I, <laughs> I would say my first experience with sales was in uh, Girl Scouts. Was, okay
0: that's real um,
1: that's real you know and interesting enough when i when i started in the girl scouts some of the things they tell you is not to go door-to-door and stuff like that right i didn't follow them right because i was <laughs> i wasn't the kid that listened to the listened to, i was supposed to go wasn't supposed to go door-to-door and i'm, I'm assuming if you went door-to-door supposed to go with your parents neither of those things happened Okay. <clears throat> Neither. So that's why I would say my first thing is, you know, being a Girl Scouts, going door to door, slaying cookies. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. go ahead, go ahead bodies. <laughs>
0: Not that I'm an <laughs> ambassador for Girl Scouts, but shout out to them for trying to make sure the Girl Scouts didn't get abducted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went with my brother, my younger brother, you know. Younger brother. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go out, go together. So we used to go, (laughs) we used to go in the neighborhood and sell. I mean, door to door. Hey, I have cookies. Would you like to buy them? Do you like them? I'm smiling. I'm cute, right? Buy my cookies. Um, And my as a kid, I would say sales was. I didn't realize that that was sales, right? I was just thinking about my next patch. You know, I was thinking about what I could do with the money at 7-Eleven with my brother, getting all of the snacks back when, like, gum was, I sound like I'm super old, but back when gum was, like, only 25 cents, you can buy a dollar slushy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How about that much older? Gum was 25 cents back then? Oh. I a little quick. Okay, can happen fast, but, um, yeah, so, like, just thinking about that, um, even <laughs> sales kind of continued after I got out the Girl Scout, my father and I would do like drawing contests, and then go door to door to sell a, uh, uh, bend up shop in front of my house selling like, things. So sales, yeah, was always around, but didn't realize that was what I was doing. Um, and then of course, as an adult, <laughs> um, I would say I began really selling when I started my business. My okay
0: okay so man that that's that's why i didn't know if... <laughs> 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 i have breaking the girl scout rules like i'm
1: not doing it Last spot, my first job of that rv from mm-hmm. learning how to sell with the extra mm-hmm. the, the larger drink
0: I'm what do you think is like one of your most memorable experiences in sales whether it's at girl scout cookies or you know at land of the meat at RVs, what's that slogan? We got the meats, um, and you know, from your business and what you're doing now. Is there any like memorable moment where you're like, "Oh, I I could I could do this. I'm feeling this," or more so like, um, "Man, this it the same for me." Any like memorable moments?
1: Okay, uh, this ain't for me moment was when, you know, when I, <laughs> I used to sell cable in Walmart. When I was in grad school. And I remember going up for different people at Walmart. And, you know, of course, everybody's going in. Some people go in to get out. You know, they're coming in pajamas. Or they're just trying to not get sold to in Walmart, you know? And I will never forget. This guy was, we were by the frozen aisle. And it was the aisle of frozen goods. And our team was set up. And I was kind of being trained. Um, so they're like, hey, you know, you need to go speak to this person. We'll buy I walk by here, you need to speak to them and let them know we're still with Kate. Right. Um, so I went up to dice, excuse me, sir. And like, he kind of turns his head. So I'm like, oh, like you just didn't hear me. Absolutely. <laughs> you just didn't hear me. You'll be sorry. the f go. out. I was like, oh. Enjoy your day, sir. Enjoy your day at Walmart. Oh. (laughs) Whoa. So that was, you know, I was like, oh, this, this ain't for me. And I, and I, and I quickly thought to myself, like, how am I going to find another job? You know, sales generally is a commission type job where they'll give you your base and then commission. My base was very low. And I remember telling myself like nobody wants to buy cable in Walmart. Like I don't want to buy cable or internet or upsize my my sports package in Walmart. It's just and you know we were outside sales, so we would go to different WalMarts to set up our set up shop and, and sell. And you know people, I I really don't understand how my coworkers were doing it like for so long. <laughs> like how are you paying your bills? Um, and I think there is a little bit of like sleaziness that, that was added to, you know, what I, what I did, I know at Walmart, um, you know, they would tell us stuff like you, you have to, even if they don't need it, push it. Like those type of conversations and it, it never sat well with me. That's, that would be like the freshest memory in my mind is going to different WalMarts and trying to sell Internet and
0: cable—they hmm. still out there too. They they still out there. Uh, yeah. They got the the cable, the Verizon, AT and T. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. yeah. salt yeah. today—that's yeah. yeah. funny. I almost I almost did that actually as well when I first got out of college. The, the, these companies are really good at like at, really good at sales, I guess in a way, or selling people to try this out really. Um, because it was like positioned as like a marketing specialist role type of thing, helping brands get in touch with their ideal audience, all this stuff, representing in these global brands. It sounds amazing for a college student. <laughs> That's why you're doing this in grad school,
1: you know, marketing activations for these large
0: brands. I remember getting an email about it once. Uh, oh, no, no. I didn't get an email about it once while I was in college, but someone else did, and they actually signed on. So we're all like, oh, my God, she got a job before she graduated. She's good What she gets out. But, yeah, no, nah, it's just like that. That's funny. Um, My experience was moving to Atlanta, uh, moved down to Atlanta without a job because I had been interviewing while I was in Charlotte, trying to find jobs in Atlanta. I was getting interviews and stuff. But I was like, man, this probably will go a lot smoother from there because I could tell – when people are like, Where are you? And was like, Oh yeah, I'm moving to Atlanta. Even though I said I'm moving, it just didn't hit the same as someone who's already here. So, um, moved down. I was like, Okay, yeah, I'll definitely find jobs. Um, I'm really this this will always be memorable to me for a lot of reasons, but I had passed up a, like a final interview spot with Callen Lee because it was at the same time as um this exam thing I was doing for this sales position that I didn't wasn't presented as a sales position. It was presented as like a benefits coordinator, like a specialist in insurance, helping people who want these services, who signed up for them to get them. That's how it's presented to me. And basically ended up knocking on doors at 8 p.m., calling on people nonstop. I'll never forget. I was calling someone and like this, this guy's wife was answering the phone and stuff. And it's like, oh, he's not here, all this stuff. And she sounded like, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess they do want it. And then finally, one day I called in, it was the guy. He's like, Oh my God, y'all been calling nonstop. Get off my. Yeah, all this stuff. So it's like, it's super weird. Like they had us like, at night pulling up to people's houses, like they're trying to get a shot. Uh, we're, like we're in the South. And um, yeah, it was just super, super grimy. Super grimy. Um,
1: sort of doing.
0: Yeah. That was, that was my the same for me moment. The same for me. <laughs> so for you, um, so when I think about this book, kinda of coming back to this. Um, there's a lot of elements in it. I don't believe in spoilers, but there are going to be a few spoilers in this episode. But another element from this book, like just changed my perspective on sales, was also just the idea of community and what it means to really create that at your workplace. So I know now you've been in several different work environments and um, community could look different from being the only black person, the only woman, um, the only one of something is, is kind of crazy. So but it doesn't always have to be based on your identity either. So just kinda curious in your perspective, what does community at a workplace look like to you?
1: And, um I don't know. I I think it depends, like you mentioned all the, the different environments that you're in. I know when it came to working um selling evil and internet at Walmart, it looked like um People that are were just in the trenches with me. Other students just trying to get out their mom's house or uh, trying to figure out how to pay for school. Uh, and so we all, we all related in that in that sense, right? Um, and so everybody kind of looked out for each other, and there was a level of like, all right, even though this might be a better seller than me, I'm gonna let her try, you know, go up to bat because I know that she has a bill coming up and I'm going to let her, you know, get that bill paid, assessable. Mm. Uh, collaborative. <clears throat> collaborative. And, and I, I would find, I would say that that has not been the case in every sales environment that I've been in Been very cut roads. I've heard people say stuff like without this, this, this shark, uh, kind of like a shark tank and did you eat what you kill? And, um, so I've, I've been in two types of environments. So communities have looked like that. It's also looked, I'm um, in spaces where there weren't that many black people, women of color. Um, it looked like, hey, we, how I put the head nod across the world, um, all, all BIPOC, black and people of color kind of linking up and sharing the knowledge that they learned along the way in order to, you know, especially the things they need
0: that head nod from across the room is real so it's almost like like y'all know we're there but it's almost like at the same time not really seen together in a way huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well um i think um communities they um isn't you've heard of um employee resource groups uh, like ERGs. Yeah. so it's something that a lot of corporate well, not a lot i would say but yeah, i've seen it at in the corporate spaces and there was this one smaller business we tried to implement it in and then layoffs happened <laughs> everyone who was in that group was most of them were laid off except for me and two other people wow. um crazy right um that's it's the crazy thing about you know inclusion and diversity and stuff like that when it comes to layoffs it's like oh maybe percentage wise it was fair but when you actually look at who was left it's like oh you just really wiped that whole <laughs> a uh, group of, you know, black, brown, just just people just um just by themselves just out here like, man, there goes our support group. <laughs> um, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, remember, now that I think about it, <clears throat> one of the agencies that was that ad agency, uh, we have like a group called Ad Clean. So very similar group,
0: support group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually uh for those listening employee resource groups. If you're um A corporation, if you're interviewing for a job or something like that, that's something to ask about or um, maybe implement when you're in there because it is a common thing in corporations to have pockets of communities just to kind of support each other, kind of be there because we all know about the nuances of um, being a black person in all-white space, but it's not just that. It could be based on gender. It could be... um, kind of where you're from. It could be a lot of different things for basically this group you kind of come together to discuss. It's almost like, like a like a student organization at a college where like the college, they know about it. There might be like a teacher, staff, faculty, liaison person too. Um, not to say they have to be there, but it's like something that's known. Um, but usually we create them in secret <laughs> in a group chat and stuff. But these groups are kind of cool because it's supposed to be um part of Journey towards inclusive environments, so you kind of report back and represent um, this group of people as well. So it's a great thing to implement. If they don't have it at your job, ask about it. If you feel comfortable asking about it. If they're not trying to do it, that says a lot. It says a lot because it's not. I mean, there's no money necessarily that has to go into it. It's just something that should be done. But um, yeah, communities they. They take, they take a lot. They take a lot. It's, it's not just uh, something you should be like, oh, yeah, we have a community because that kind of dies down. It takes a lot of intention and focus. And um, as we talk about intention and focus and things like that, I want to talk about this other resources tool I've been using to kind of stay sharp and focused. It's this energy shot called Magic Mind. They're sponsoring this episode. And I'm glad they are because I'm actually like literally using them as a replacement to coffee. Because I personally do not like drinking two to three cups of coffee daily just to make up for the drop in energy I feel after that first cup wore off. Um, so this drink called Magic Mind is really tiny, like small drink, like it's like smaller than my phone. Um, it's just shot. You just shake it, open. I like to, I like to, like you know, like some fine wine. I like to let it air a little bit before I take my shot. But. Um, <laughs> It's um something you take either as a substitute or with uh, coffee or like caffeinated tea or something like that. It's all natural ingredients. As a matter of fact, I looked it up. I think there's like 13. It's this uh matcha matcha-based drink. It has things like turmeric, it has um some lion's mane mushroom. It's it's, 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 it's I don't know if it's 100% plant-based, but it's kind of cool cuz it's a plant-based product and when I drink, i actually feel a sense of focus, um, so it's really helpful in the mornings because the morning for me, it takes a long time for me to get started. <laughs> That's why I drink coffee, to kind of get activated real quick, but coffee's just too strong. Um, it's just too much. It's just too much, and I have that crash afterwards. So I've been using this drink um, to kind of help with just energy and kind of keeping me calm as I get ramped up and I feel it throughout the day. So, um, like I said, they're sponsoring this episode. So if you're like me, don't necessarily want to be dependent on coffee, get addicted, I recommend you try it. You go to magicmind.com slash boss, B-O-S-S, boss. You could get uh, 50%, 56% off your subscription as well with the code boss20. But definitely go to magicmind.com slash boss, that's M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D.com slash boss, B-O-S-S. Um, you get 56% off your whole subscription. It's like, it's, which is kind of cool. You get like a 30 day pack. Um, yeah, 30 day pack, which is really cool. Or you get 20% off a one-time purchase, um, with that code. Works if you're already a subscriber as well. So if you're already onto it, I'm new to this thing. (laughs) We've already onto it. It still counts as your net subscription payment. Check it out. Highly recommend it. Magicmind.com slash boss. All right. And let's get into some ads and then when we come back we want to talk about some favorite moments from this book black buck um a book that i'm adding on to a list that i'm thinking about creating called the band book list because this is a book that they wouldn't want you to read in florida or anything like that That's yeah right. hey <laughs> If you want to be proactive about your career, I need you to check out the Working On a Black Show. It's a new podcast I'm launching under the Boss Locks Media brand, and I'm on a mission to make sure Black professionals never feel uncertain about their career again. Each week, I'm speaking to Black leaders from various industries to learn about the tactics and strategies they've used to overcome fear and go from surviving in the workplace to thriving. If you've ever felt stuck unfulfilled underpaid underappreciated or that just feel like no one even knows who you are in your workplace this show is for you think of this podcast as a career mixtape with a carefully curated collection of episodes designed to guide you through new growth through the nuances of working while well black and the tough decisions that we have to make during our career this podcast is launching very soon and you get to be the first to hear about it Join the waitlist by clicking the link in the description to learn more about the show, who's going to be on the show, and also get invited to this secret slash not so secret where you'll be the first to hear about it, a.k.a. You'll get that discount code. I'm actually, get in for free, for real, for real. Uh, to this launch party that I'm having in January to celebrate the official beginning of the Working Wall Black show. Learn more by clicking the link in the description. I can't wait to see you there. Alright, we back y'all. It's time to get into this book, Black Buck, a novel by Matteo. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Oscar Oscar Rapport. Um, but incredible book. I'm actually gonna look up how to spell it because um all names deserve respect and he definitely deserves there's respect for putting this book together. Um I was looking up some reviews about it and it's kinda interesting. So this book When people are talking about, they're like, it's like a a mix of like, sorry to bother you, and The Wolf of Wall Street. It's this satirical novel but a young black man who gets a shot as the stardom lone black salesman at a mysterious cult like and wildly successful startup. Um, nothing seems that it is okay. Not yet, yep, you got the cover up. See. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so it's got so you did you get the book and the audiobook, or you just went and got the audiobook? Just the audio book. my love. Okay, got you.
1: Changed, but... That's why I was
0: so shocked because you were like, I read it. You know, it's like less than a week since I had told you about it, yeah. So, Naya, um. You hit me up. You said you loved it. And I was like, let's do a podcast episode about it. So, just give me this is the first time we've spoken about this. Give me your thoughts. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How'd you feel about this book?
1: There's so many takeaways from the book. And honestly, you know, um, as you mentioned, I'm working in a sales position now. And so, I I literally just kind of all of you, right, listening to this book at work. Okay, had me irritable, had me excited, had me, I, I was crying. I cried. Like, not like love, but you know, like some tears. Um,
0: a little I, snot like, dripping.
1: Yes. This, <laughs> you said what?
0: A little snot dripping, you know, <laughs> that happens when you really feel it. This didn't This didn't bring the snot
1: out of you? Not the snot, but the immersing t- the, 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 the tear that I wrote, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's how we're gonna do
0: our uh books like instead of like on um what's that what's that thing rotten tomatoes so like the five tomatoes are gonna be like did it give you the the mercy to you give you the little snot bubble the <laughs> how much did it hit you
1: like uh yeah um man and and to your point earlier i couldn't sell like this book was like his experience like he just kind of remixed or if this is, like, all, uh, you know, a, a fiction novel, essentially. Um, oh, my God. The book was just really well written. Um, I like how he started off by saying that he was in this penthouse in the beginning of the book. When he's like, yeah, I'm writing this book from the penthouse. I'm like, okay, Seals. Again, I'm at work, you guys. So, like, okay, this is where I could be. Like, okay, you just... All right, this is this a success story, you know? Um, and then as the book goes on, you're like, oh, shit. Shoot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, Like Some of my takeaways just in the beginning of the book was um, the fact that he came out of high school as a Balor Victorian. And, you know, so many people had in his neighborhood had such big hopes for him. And he found himself you know, living with his mom. And they owned in, in in very much New York fashion, they owned a duplex. Um and you know, he and his mom lived together and had some some tenants um, that had been with him since he was before he was born, essentially. Um so everybody had high hopes. That's what I kept hearing throughout the book. Like everybody had such positive um and well positive positivity and well wishes for this young man. And he ended up after high school being at, like you said, a Starbucks. Um, and he you called himself at the head nigger head H. What is it? H. H. Genasi. H. H. and me well chart. <laughs> and um, I, you know, I, I of course got a kick out of that. Like, okay, you know, if every environment that b- that exists, right? So right. Like he still had pride. Within you know within the job that he was doing, which I appreciated, he was still selling you know, and he knew he knew that coffee well. Like he could tell if people burned, what kind of like where where it came from. And to me, the takeaway from that was like, even though he wasn't where he necessarily wanted to be or thought he could be, um, he took pride in what he did, um, and it. It didn't matter that we he was selling coffee. Like mm. it was, it was still like okay. I I I know what you need. Um, oh, and I, I think that says a lot because essentially, it doesn't matter where you are. You can sell yourself. You can whether you're an entrepreneur or working for someone else. Um, it's all about just having the, the the wits and the the grind to do something. so. That was like my first takeaway. The other thing was. I'm going to
0: stop there real quick because yeah. that is such a pro tip. And, y'all, throughout this book, like, this this is a sales novel, like, how to sell, but it's actually a story. And what he does is, like, different moments. He'll, like, put a little, like, asterisk annotation thing where he's like, yo, this right here, sales lesson, do this, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that was in the book. I think that was, like, that was in, like, the, I don't know how it sounded in the audiobook, but in the hardcover or softcover or whatever, there would be, like, little moments where it's, like, in bold text and kind of is yeah so um, but I don't know if that was one of the takeaways he noted or not I might have missed it but that's such a good viable lesson maybe really like the import, most important thing in this book is you like to the that pride that kind of mastery of knowledge and selling yourself even if you don't even like where you are um, like taking Starbucks out the example say you you at Wendy's even <laughs> like you just it could be the same type of thing like just having this mastery over the the menu the customer service and the sales part of it too and just being yourself because like this book it wasn't that he became a salesman once he got into this other organization he was already doing it like he said he just didn't know it and um um uh, is, is your is your next takeaway does it come after you already started working at the place
1: no, actually. It okay, all right. We darling
0: Okay, yeah. All right, well, let me let me tell you, though, because I have it here, then I want to hear what you have to say. So I'm going to read this part of this book because, uh, yeah, I, I thought you might have this as one of your notes, too. Um, So this is the moment, y'all, where he his life really changed for him. There was a regular customer that came in. He knew his order, always ordered the same thing. But, but Buck did something different, all right? So the guy comes in, into Starbucks, you know. He walks in, he's like, hey. Uh, He puts his order in. says, hey, vanilla sweet cream cold brew, like always. You remember, right? By now, the last of the morning customers had grabbed their drinks and it was just us at the counter. And Buck says, I don't think you want that today. I didn't know why my heart was fiercely beating against my wrist, but looking back on it, I realized my body must have known that this was a pivotal moment in my life that these super supernatural turns of fate are rare this is one of the whole like the author puts in a little note like yo check this out he says uh what you're about to see is what happens when intuition overrides logic which is the mark of any salesperson worth their salt people buy based on emotion and justify with reason watch and then he goes i don't want to give the rest away because even this moment is like such a good like oh you have to read it and i want to take away from it but um this moment where he basically was like you don't want this. Here's what you want. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, yo, really good. All right, go ahead, Naya. No. Nope. Also, but <laughs> by the way, one quick thing, y'all. That was my pitch to audition for any voice acting. Put me on hire me. Put me in the booth. I got this. I got the mics. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, I love it. So, though that was the next part that like hit me, honestly, in terms. There's, there's been so many times, especially about newer, where you're not really sure like how to push the needle. You're almost like, no, they already said no. So, or they're, they're already you know, they're already not interested essentially. And what you'll learn in sales is that how to navigate through objections. The first note that when that's there, we know, right? It could mean that they have something on their mind. It could mean that, no, um, it could be a multitude of things, right? Um, maybe the person that generally makes some decisions isn't with them. Um, so there's different ways that you're taught to get through objections. And I think in this specific part, my takeaway was he was, yeah, he was scared. He was scared. Like He's like, I don't even know what's coming up uh, like on me right now, but I'm going to push this. So they didn't get this other drink, right? And I, I think about the times where I've been on the phone call or I've tried to sell someone on, you know, podcast uh, production, sales, whatever. And I had that that weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, like retreat, retreat, like what do you mean? And my mind tells me, no, keep going, you know, or like lean in a little bit listen to what they're saying. In um, sales, I think that's important because none of it necessarily could be sales cut, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like learning when to push through the objection because um, you think the session would be better off on the other side. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's an interesting um, kind of observation or acknowledgement that sales doesn't, usually feel good or it doesn't always feel good i think that could really depend on the type of environment you're in and if you actually are you know like what you're selling as well but um can you talk a little bit more about that because i think a lot for a lot of people me and self included is that feels good like i don't like how this feels and i sometimes avoid it because it's like oh this feels kind of grimy or maybe it's like i don't even feel confident doing this not for any terrible traumatic reasons just like i don't want to uh Push something that this person might not want to buy, but um, you're you you
1: you're talking to that talk right now? Can you can you yeah. keep this going? Well, I've, I've always been told that um in marketing that most times people don't know what they want, and so thinking about my iPhone and the Apple product, you asked people years ago, they would have told you, "No, I don't need that." why do i need my phone to be those that many things like i don't want to be attached to my phone and you know steve jobs of course um thought otherwise right like it's telling you what you need and then eventually you'll realize your life is so much better with this product and or service and so they're the level of i think you're pushing especially something new you know in this this book he was at a startup so Essentially, you're introducing something new to a market that otherwise wouldn't have known existed or wouldn't have known that they needed this product. Um, And so that feeling, I think for me, is like you're calling, you're cold calling someone or you're cold emailing someone. You're thinking to yourself, if this was me on the other end, I would be annoyed or This is me on the other end. I'm asking myself, why are you calling me so many times, you know? And you realize, like, all those no's that you're getting is, like, one step closer to your yes. Like, sales is all about numbers, a numbers game. And so that feeling that I get when it's like, oh, another no, or, oh, they sounded annoyed, or even though they reached out to me and I'm calling them back, (laughs) <laughs> and they're sounding annoying on the phone, like, bro, you asked, call me. Like, uh, you know, I get, I, I've had that happen recently. Um, and I was just following up. The guy was like, I'm busy right now. Okay. Whatever. My call was. Um, so let me
0: ask you about that. So, because I've heard that before, like, every no leads to a yes. And it makes sense, but it's also like, but it's also a no. But. But I guess it's about, like you said, repetition and a numbers thing. Is it just like a, there's a percentage, like a percentage thing? Like it, with this many no's, you should get this many yeses. Like is this like a checklist? Like you're not going to get your yes until you hit like 30 no's or something like that? Like what is this? Every no brings you closer to a yes
1: thing. Yeah, so essentially every salesperson has their um, – their ratio, right? So if I reach out to 10 people, three people are generally gonna say yes to me. And that's that's all a matter of you like making note of the things that you're doing every day. Right. So like if you're li- if you're walking in purpose, you know that you're doing everything with intention. And so that that's even in the sales world, right? Like, all right, I have this job, this is, this is where I'm at right now. I'm going to be very intentional with my time um, here. And so you'll notice after a while, if you're keeping track of the number of emails you're sending out or the number of calls that, Hey, I did 50 calls. Five of those people say yes. So then you can start saying, okay, once I get to life 50, I know I'm going to get, you know, I'm gonna at least gotten three to five people to tell me yes. And so it becomes like a, a game for yourself. Um, as you're making those calls. Now, when you're new, sometimes it's really hard to get that rhythm. So it takes a while. But once you get into the rhythm, you'll you'll start noticing some patterns. So mm. that's getting you closer to your yes. Um, mm. So yeah, that's what that means. It's just, it's just, math, racing your own and, and, you know, not game, everything.
0: Mm. You know, we tell people like, oh, half of this math you learn, you won't need when you or in the real world, world, but this math keeps popping up.
1: Yes. Even if, you know, that's how sound important, but if you think about, I know when I was in school, like dudes would stand outside of the mall and like try to holler at every girl that walked by to see which one said yes. It's a members game, right? Mm. <laughs> Your game ain't that good. It, it really is a numbers game.
0: <laughs> right. Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. Yo, you know what? That's a, okay. That's such a perfect example because it also transitions to another moment of this book. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a spoiler, y'all. Um, so if you definitely want to read this book, you don't want any spoiler. I don't want to give too much away, but just stop right now. Or actually finish this episode, but on mute and go find this book. Um, so I love when he got to this position where he's, you know, top dog. And now he's like, yo, I kind of want to put some other people on. And he, this is a black person, so he's like, I want to put my people on. On the help of them because they're not getting the same advantages. He saw that when he got into the SEALs role that um, a lot of these people they came in already with tons of relationships with top people because of you know some nepotism like my dad does golf with this person's uncle type of thing. Um, and a lot of black people, you know, one I don't know a lot of black people that play golf, but they're out there, they're out here, and it's growing. You know, whole community there. Shout out to the black golfers, but um. The dads and the uncles and the friends and the cousins, none of them are, like, leading some t- large uh, corporation as of right now. So, um the the starting point is not the same. So, he went out of his way to secretly start coaching other people. And the way he did it wasn't just, like, this is the sales principle. He put them out on the streets doing the most wildest, craziest stuff. Some of the stuff you get you locked up, like dining and ditching and stuff like that It reminded me the story you were just sharing about people um um trying to pick up girls at the mall or something like that is basically that batons one thousand infinity. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah that I love that because it was taking like some real world scenarios and kind of highlighting that this is sales in a sense, even if you don't look at it. You just have to keep it trying. You might fail. You probably are gonna fail a bunch, but you might it's just all that, I guess that muscle, you kind of get stronger each time you do it. So I guess every no is almost like you at the gym, you're like lifting, like you, your arms are shaking right now with some spaghetti noodle stuff. But then the next time you go up, you do a little better, a little better to the point that you're, um, man, a bodybuilding competition, buttered in oil and stuff like that. You um, might not take gold, you'll get bronze, you'll get bronze for sure.
1: Yeah, so I like that analogy. That's funny. That is thank, funny. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You you mentioned some things that like out to be. Um one nepotism, right? The the company that I'm working at currently, um there's someone that carrot works at the company and they're higher up. And so they have access to things that other salespeople don't have access to because their parent, they also get, you know, a lot more love on the on the sales floor um, because their parent is there. And, you know, most times people will be upset about that, right? It's like, hang hey, on. Like, you know, especially because a lot of my higher-ups, they praise this person. Like, oh, you, need, you guys need to be more like such and such. Bringing in, you know, $500,000 contracts and whatnot and it just it's funny you have another uh, a senior ae who's also a of color told me naya you cannot compare yourself to, to this person like their parents, literally like you're not they're getting coached and given resources that you're not getting, you know so you know at first you to not bitter about it like you know that's not fair blah 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 but Essentially, like in the book, he even the playing field by being that leg up for suddenly people of color in the sales, and you know, in the sales uh, industry. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. To your point earlier about community, you just need to be able to tap in to what your to your community to get that leg up, um, and hopefully there is a community that exists because in some cases you have to create it yourself. Um but finding those other people that are gonna give you some resources, give you some tips, I think it's important. So that's the first thing. If my dad worked at a company, I would want him to give me some extra resources too.
0: Mm. You know, um I wanna hear about your second thing too, but you I mean you you just uh inspire something as well. Um mm-hmm. see will you remember your second thing?
1: yes i got it okay
0: so that first thing was really really cool cuz i've um been just learning more about um you know history is an interesting thing right cuz you learn back to history see what how everything like why today is what it is today and you know every black person reading, listening watching you already know what it's like being black but a lot of people are just learning about what it's like being black in america in a system where there is a community built for specific people be a part of that community and um i've been seeing a lot of people have discussions about like government dependencies and stuff and policies and who's responsible who should be doing what it's this whole conversation at large like when the whole like everyone was talking about white privilege a lot of people like what privilege i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i'm struggling too and there's a reality to that as well it's not all blanketed and there's been a lot of conversation now some people are like um these policies for black people are actually hurting us, get out of our way, stop helping us. And I don't particularly agree with that. I think it's like a multiple approach type of thing, but there's more conversations about us being responsible for getting ourselves out of this situation because we shouldn't depend on it, not because there isn't an accountability aspect there or you know responsibility because of the harm that they cause, but more so because we shouldn't wait and rely on it like yeah let's keep that going but let's also do this as well and so when you're talking about um you know you in your own experience seeing someone who is coming in with a lot more privilege um and you're someone who doesn't have that access to the same resources how can you tap into your own community to make sure that you are able to kind of continue to grow the way you should be growing uh leveraging a community that's usually left out of the opportunity.
1: Well, honestly, so I know this is not for everyone. Like, right? so in the book, um didn't go to college, right? But I found that you know I went to an HBCU with a <laughs> the
0: famu. Shout to famu.
1: Um, and what I've noticed, and I've, start, I feel like I've started taking advantage of it more in in my my later years than when I first got out of school. But tapping into your alma mater is, has been like super helpful for me. Even while being at this this company now, um, reaching out on LinkedIn and being like, look, and just tell them the, the real, hey, I'm connecting with you. This is, everyone loves a mission. Everyone loves somebody that has a mission, a goal, well, they it. it's something that they can want to relate to and and kind of see like some movement so the conversations i've been having behind closed doors have been look i i was hired at this company um and there's not that many people that look like me um i know that i am likely a a we've a, a diversity hire and, um, you know, I, I don't, the, w- people aren't expecting much from me in this environment, even though I've excelled in other environments. Um, this is this is what I want to do. I want to bring black and brown entrepreneurs into this space. And let people know one that we make money, which, you know, but we, we can spend it on all own businesses. We can reinvest. All right. So that's the first conversation I'm having with with the other piece is, or you no, know, uh, gatekeepers. The other piece that is is um having the conversation that like, look, I I need to show that that I can make things happen on this floor, being a person of color. Um so what does that look like with you supporting me? If you can't be, if you can't buy something, can you show send me to someone that that will on or, or make my services? And it, I think a lot of times we're afraid to be that bold. Um, let people know, like, look, it's, you know, because you think like, oh, I don't want can to blah, 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 blah. But that is the playing field. Like, if you understand the game, that is the playing field. It's just about who you know. So for me, it's been, let me tap into the community that I'm already in. Like, how do I tap in? Let them know what my experience is. Let them know what my mission is and see if they can help. So that's I think, um, and I hope I didn't go too too far off uh Mm-mm. but that's beautiful. it's it's important to kind of like put your pride aside and just let people know what's going on. Um so that's that's been my thing. Um but the second point that you were uh you said for me not to forget that I wanted to bring up was how Buck got his name buck.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And without being giving too much of a spoiler, he was named after, of course, if you guys are familiar with like horses, um, he, was, he was named after a horse essentially. And when you break a horse, right, like usually they'll buck, they'll keep like kicking back, right, the fight. But there's a time in which you can break a horse where they become trained and they'll follow in the, in the way that you need them to go. And so um, there's a point in the book where Mr. is go, there you go, like, when he bucks, he breaks down um, and starts crying, right? And the guy looks at him like in defeat. Um, I think after that, that's when people came with brainwash, and his family is like, what if or all? But... Um, there's a level of that I think in every um, environment as a person of color. You know, as as we like <laughs> working while black, we, we put on our, our little shell to go into work. And <laughs> that's them getting us in line. Um, I don't know, like in, in sales in sales environment I find that is so true. They're breaking down. Throw, throw all types of things towards you and to see if people can make it or take it in the environment. And so I've noticed that's something I've gone through. But more than anything, it's a mental game in these environments. I think that's where I, my overall takeaway from this is mental. How mentally strong can you be in the environments? Keep going. Regardless well, of you getting your nose, um, your lack of support, um, feeling defeated within yourself, not recognizing yourself because you're changing. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just it's that that really hurt. I think around that time that made me cry. That was the a- mm-hmm. when you yeah, I finally broke you because I felt like that in the office, like, yeah, y'all broke mm-hmm. me, y'all broke Man. me. <laughs> y'all broke me. Man. Uh, but. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that was uh those are t- two really good uh, takeaways. Yeah, this book. You know, when I was reading um that that first part earlier when I was talking about the at Starbucks when change the order up, I was like I almost wanted to keep reading. And when you mentioned that right there, I was like oh, I got to go back to that part and read again. So I can see this as a book that I reread actually because man, this story is unbelievable. Like I I um I think part of And, like, in my adult life, I haven't read as much as I did when I was younger. There was times when I was younger, like, I would, like, avoid calls from my friend because I was like, no, I want to read this book right now. Um, I did hang out with people, but, you know, when you got a good book, you got a good book. And um, this book kind of brought me back to that where, like, I just wanted to sit down and read this. I finished it. Um, I, I noticed I read more when I'm, like, on a vacation or, like, a long break or something like that. Um, now read, and this this book kind of brought me back to that. So yeah, I might I might have to go back and reread this thing. Cause that story there, that moment, I forgot about that. Um, man, okay. So this this has been um really dope. but Like I feel like we could keep going because <laughs> there's a lot to this. Highly recommend everyone read this book. I think I might have like a live event that talks more about sales and um what it really means change your perspective on it because i think that like even if you're not in a sales position this book there was just a lot to it that I was like yo this actually could benefit me in other areas so i uh, appreciate you for hopping on to do this naya um uh, before we go though kind of curious there's one other question for you this is like a uh, new kind of theme in the working while black thing so this, y'all this is a teaser for what's going to come in the series, but do you have any cheat codes for career growth for people working while Black? Cheat
1: codes. Find community. Um, That's going to be really, really important. Find the people that rock with. Uh, the other piece I would say is stay mentally strong. Never take anything personal. Regardless if it was meant to cut you, rules that, in the sense that, it's something I always think of when, when I know I'm in that environment, I'm I'm black, so, and I know that they said that to be uh, rude or whatever. Um, that says more about them than it says about me. <clears throat> not it's not um, what they call you; it's what you respond to. And so sometimes when they're they, it seems like they're laughing at you. I, I get joy in knowing that they sound foolish <laughs> but you know a lot of times these people don't know who you are, where you come from or any of those things and so um when you're in those environments where it's really trying, remember who you are, just remember who you are, don't allow other people to define you. Um, older I was saying my, my teen, my two.
0: I like that. I like that. I, I love a good like. Remember who you are. Cause I always give a back to uh, Black Panther. It's like show up who you are. That's like it's just gonna live in my head forever, rent free. I was gonna yeah. think about that. That's tough. Cool. I like that. I like that. Thank you, Naya. Um, how can everyone follow you, support you at, on your journey, and like what what all do you have going on? Like we we didn't really talk about the world of you as much, but now that we kind of get a sense to know who you who you are and everything from, you know, breaking the rules at Girl Scout, Inc., to, um, you know, finding that community, leveraging your relationship. Well, not even leveraging, but just building relationships with your alma mater, your HBCU community. But, yeah, what what do you have going on? Uh, what should we look out for? And how can we be a support system for you?
1: Wow. Yeah. Um a few ways one you guys that I, this sounds all oh, like it's so corny but the best way of getting contact with me is on social media so on Instagram or on LinkedIn so on LinkedIn it's Naya Peoples send me a message connect let me know things that you're going through within sales or just any your workforce altogether. I love uh, a great I would love to connect with you um, and then on Instagram, you can follow me at Naya Bianca. So that's N as in Nancy, Y-A, Bianca B I A N C A underscore. Um, and just connect with me and just let me know what you got going on. Um, right now, I think that's my biggest thing is build a community. And so that's that's how you can connect with me. Um, I'm trying to build a community currently within the podcast space, but also um, with entrepreneurs and, and um business owners. <clears throat> so yeah. And let move that way.
0: You know, um I got a cheat code and it's uh inspired by Naya. It's be corny. Be corny. Um, whether you're telling people to, you know, follow you on social media or you're on a red carpet and you know, you're Michael B. Jordan, you say, Yo, you used to call me corny, right? Yo, be corny. It works. Uh, <laughs> no, but like that's that's real. I think it's important. Like, cause I think sometimes I'm resistant to do something like that. like, I don't know, it kind of seems corny. But I was listening to um Um uh, Wallow. He has a series called Where's Wallow, most for a Million Dollars Worth of Game. Um, I, I think that's an important series for everyone to follow, whether you like it or not. Just kind of watch what they're doing. Um, but he has a sub series called Where's Wallow and he was on with Gary V. And they were both talking about doing the things that were kind of lame or corny. He was talking about when he got out of jail and came home, people would call his phone. Because <laughs> it would be like, yo, i seen you running around doing videos. Like, literally running and doing videos. And it looks corny. It really is probably a definition of the corny and lame. But, man, the results, the output, it worked. Gary be the same thing. He would, like... Instead of going to a party, you'd be excited about going to a um, mall to sell baseball cards or something like that as a kid. Man, corny works sometimes. Corny works. Just don't, just, just don't, I don't know. I was about to say don't be lame, but even that's all perspective. So, yeah, be corny, be lame. Um, you might lose friends, <laughs> but if it works for you, it works for you. All right. Thank you for joining, Naya. Um, appreciate you. Check her out. She also has a lot of different live stuff and series puts on for the community, um, especially podcasters. But she's a good resource, a good resource. So, Sadie, have you want. She will be back because there's another book that she read. This one she finished before me. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about it. It's called 10x is greater than 2x, but we'll get into that later. Black Buck. I'm putting this on the banned book list for the Banned Book Club um that we're we're starting i guess but um yeah take care follow appreciate y'all all All right that is a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it please give us a review rate us on spotify uh share your thoughts with us on apple Podcasts. uh these ratings actually do help uh when people are considering what show they're going to listen to and You know what i'm trying to make a big 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 splash in 2024 um i've been on a hiatus for far too long what was meant to be just a short two-week break turned into a two-year where where are you walter no one knows well i have been working have been cooking up a whole bunch of uh Really great content, having tons of conversations, and because I'm a podcaster, I just record them all, I just haven't put them out. So 2024, we're bringing you all the episodes, the conversations I've had with people Uh, For my time during the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program, uh, speaking to people all around the world. I have an episode coming soon about the agricultural uh, industry in Africa and all the, like, what's going on there. It's very, very interesting. I learned a lot. Basically, um, I mean, it's kind of a spoiler alert, but you'll learn more about when you actually listen to the episode. But all the opportunities that exist to um, influence agriculture in Africa. It's so cool. I'm so blessed to be in the position I'm in and it's like things like that I they, they actually do come to me. The person who reached out to me I was not familiar with them but now we're just one whatsapp message away. So I'm excited to share everything that I've been learning all the conversations I've been having as I continue to learn about what new growth means for the black community. Learn about how hosting these cultural conversations with the people everywhere from the streets to Atlanta to people out in the UK who are working in Africa I'm so excited the next episode isn't that one it's coming soon it's, it's going to be the next of the next of the next one but you got to stay tuned got to stay plugged in uh you click the link in the description you'll be able to sign up for the newsletter you learn all about what we got going on I'm excited thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon peace